Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Kyle Henderson along with Mick Gillespie coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Big day of news with Nick Saban testing positive for COVID-19. I want to take your calls. I want to talk about this Iron Bowl matchup. And, um, you know, there's plenty of storylines going into this big time matchup between number one ranked Alabama and Auburn. We all know what happened last year between these two teams. Uh, Here's the show intro and we'll catch you soon right here on Bama Insider, the call in show. This is BamaInsider.com, and coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama, it's the Bama Insider call-in show, talking Alabama Crimson Tide football with your host, Kyle Henderson. So hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. Here he is, from the Bama Insider Studio, Kyle. Henderson. Oh, what an intro there for <laughs> Kyle Henderson. I'm Mick Gillespie in with Kyle Henderson. We're going to be taking your calls here shortly on Bama Insider. That was, I mean, my my ribs and my, my chest was shaking when I heard the those deep pipes coming at us for the the Kyle Henderson show. And I look, man, I'm I'm pumped up. I'm just I'm just here to just come and hang out with you for a second and talk about the Iron Bowl. Obviously, Kyle, the big news today, Nick Saban has COVID. He's not going to be on the sideline. The good news is is that what we've been told is that the symptoms are mild. Uh, Fingers crossed that it stays that way. Talking about another legendary head coach that has COVID right now, Philip Fulmer. Don't forget Philip Fulmer has uh, COVID as well, the the, uh, Tennessee uh, head coach from the past, uh, athletic director, and a Hall of Famer. So, Kyle Henderson, what's up, man? What's up, man? I mean, we, we've been on sporadically throughout the day, and I just uploaded Nick Saban's press conference from Wednesday night. Um, he looked uh, to be in good spirits. I mean, considering the circumstances that he's not going to be coaching in a game that everybody thinks about, 365, and that is the Iron Bowl against Auburn. Now, we all know what happened last year, and there's plenty of storylines going into this one, but no bigger storyline than Nick Saban not being on the sidelines. You and I got together today, and we talked about Steve Sarkeesian, who will be the interim head coach for Alabama, and when you kind of look at Alabama's assistant coaches and guys who can step up, uh, clearly Alabama has guys in waiting ready to do this, um, but no bigger guy I've been missing than than Nick Saban and um but I think this team will rally and I think sometimes um you know when when a big part of your team is missing it's an opportunity for a lot of other guys to step up especially on the coaching staff and where Alabama is sitting right now number one in the college football playoff rankings number one in the AP top 25 number one in the coaches poll I mean this team is absolutely fantastic running at all cylinders Mac Jones has orchestrated this offense um, you know as big time as you can get and then of course you have Najee Harris a guy that sometimes almost we forget to talk about because the offense has just been so balanced and so dynamic but again he has 16 touchdowns and a guy that I think he's certainly going to have a big time game in this Iron Bowl call in line number is at the bottom of the screen 205 Eight five zero zero eight eight three. We got John behind the glass. He'll take your calls, and then away we go. Uh, Mick, I, I built up some storylines, kind of coming in this game, and um, I mean, there's plenty of them. And we also have, you know, kind of some some quick hits on the Auburn Tigers as well. But um, kind of leading off after that first and second one, it, it's clearly a redemption game for Alabama. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I mean, look, I, I want to see Alabama uh, get an early lead because then we're going to have a heavy dose of, of Najee. I mean, it's going to be, you know, Najee left, Najee right, Najee right down the middle. You know, Auburn's game plan's got to be to get ahead of Alabama so that they can try to make them a little bit more one-dimensional. They've got a problem stopping the ball. 
But this game's still about Mac Jones. He threw the two pick sixes last year. I felt like, and I look, and I I could tell you played a, a clip earlier today of him after the game, and he you could tell he felt that way too. He could have done things better. He could have limited those bad mistakes that he made. He still did a lot of great things last year in the Iron Bowl, but he made two crucial mistakes, and it cost Alabama the game. This guy is ready to get back underneath center against the Auburn Tigers. He's ready to win this football game. I think that that Alabama is as prepared as I've ever seen him. They might not have Nick Saban on the sideline, but I'll tell you what, I don't think that's going to really hurt their focus. I can't wait to see redemption for the team. And I know I just cut right into the second thing, redemption for the Mac attack. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity for Mac Jones to really showcase himself on another big time stage. I mean, look, the game's on CBS. Everybody's going to be dialed into the 2020 Iron Bowl. It's going to be very strange not seeing Nick Saban on the sideline, but you're still going to see the Alabama Crimson Tide in full strength. I mean, besides uh, Jalen Waddle and Trey Sanders, I mean, this team has been very, very healthy, um, which you really haven't seen in years past, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know that defense, a lot of people have been, you know, very critical about their play, and rightfully so, because the goal is perfect. Perfection when you talk about the Alabama defense, but overall the defense is very healthy coming into this game. I believe that we will see LeBron Ray back in action, which should be an added boost for the Alabama defense. You look at guys that need to step up in a game like this. Will Dylan Moses really rise up after his performance against Kentucky? Will, will we see continued high-level play from Christian Harris, the young sophomore at the inside linebacker position? And will we what will we see some, from some of these freshmen in a big-time game like this? For example, I look to guys like Malachi Moore, Will Anderson, guys that have been really playing through the roof and as opportunistic as Malachi Moore has been playing, don't be surprised if you see a big time pick six or something like that, because these guys can certainly rise up to the occasion and make big plays at any type of the game. The defense through the last three and a half game, three, three, I think it's the, since the, since the Georgia game. I mean, what have they allowed? 17 against Tennessee. Remember, we showed that stat earlier today, Mick, and just three points against Kentucky. So really 20 points just since the second half against Georgia. Really dynamic uh, defense. They're trending upward. Now, this will present some uh, an opportunity to stop Bo Nix, of course. But my, my, my point is the defense is trending in the right direction. But it's a big-time opportunity for Mac Jones. And I think he knows that coming in to a game like this, that all eyes are going to be in him on him and and he has an opportunity to really steal the stage of the college football world on Saturday. Well, if you want to win the Heisman, whether you're Najee or you're Mac, these are the games that you got to play in. Now, Auburn's ranked 22nd, Alabama's a 24-point favorite, but Nick Saban's not going to be there and it doesn't really matter. It's the Iron Bowl. You got to go out there and make those plays. You look for you know the opportunity to have that Heisman moment. Everyone's going to be watching this game. Uh, this is a season where we really haven't had a lot of, of, of really compelling college games. The only one that I can think of right now, uh, well, a, a couple, a handful, maybe Texas A&M and Florida, uh, Alabama and Georgia, but Notre Dame and, um, and, and uh, Notre Dame and, and Clemson, right? So those are the three that kind of stand out. This is the best rivalry in college football by far. And, you know, it used to be Notre Dame and USC. Not anymore, right? Uh, it used to be Michigan and Ohio State. Not anymore. Ohio State wins all of them. This game has been, and as balanced as anyone's been against Nick Saban, right? Um, he's eight and four against the Tigers, and Gus Malzahn's beaten him three times. So if, if, obviously Nick Saban's not going to be there uh, because of COVID, but this is definitely his team. And Auburn's won two out of the last three of these games. 
Uh, this one, again, Alabama comes in as the number one team in the country. Four times Alabama has come in under Nick Saban as the number one team in the country to play Auburn, and twice they've lost. So they're coming in at number one again, and this is going to be really interesting to see how it breaks out. But I'm curious myself with Sarkeesian bringing in so much experience. He was the offensive coordinator uh, for one of the greatest offenses in college football history at USC. Uh, then he was a head coach at Washington, won football games there, came back to USC as the head coach, did well there. He didn't get fired because of on-field performance. He had some off-field issues, and he's had to battle his personal life back to get to where he is right now. Alabama's offensive coordinator, second go-around, went to the NFL, didn't work out uh, great with the Falcons. But since he's been back, he's been the best offensive coordinator in college football. you got to believe it, the way that this team's balanced, the attack that they have. I don't know what his future is. Does he want to be a head coach or does he like being the highest paid assistant in college uh, with this, um, you know, this, this amount of amazing players, the riches that Alabama puts out on the field? That's a question to answer. But I'll tell you what, if he wants to be a head coach, he almost got this opportunity against Georgia. It was a false positive. He's getting that chance now. And I think mentally he's going to be more prepared now because he went through the Georgia week expecting to be the head coach. This time it's really going to happen. I think when you have a quality coach like Steve Sarkeesian in waiting that, you know, he he's ready at all times, right? I mean, this is a guy who Nick Saban clearly trusts. This is a guy who Nick Saban clearly values and a guy that Nick Saban has seen really transform his career. We talked about it earlier today, you know, what, what he's done since leaving USC and get this guy as a head coach in waiting. Is he going to be the next head coach of Alabama way down the road? We have no idea. But in terms of this guy leading Alabama on Saturday, 100% confidence in him. And I think everybody would probably say the same thing. Steve Sarkeesian, can really orchestrate this offense under Mac Jones and distribute such an even attack. And I think that's what's made Alabama so successful over the last couple seasons is their ability to be a balanced team. And Steve Sarkeesian has done a great job with these quarterbacks. Mac Jones, look at the way that he played from a year ago just to today. Look at the way that Tua Tungvaluwa played. All these guys continue to progress in the right direction. And um, it all starts up front as well. I mean, that's a we don't talk about the offensive line enough, I guess. Um, and, and that's our fault because the offensive line that Alabama has, and even Gus Malzahn, who was uh, during his press conference, he said, you know what, that Alabama offensive line is the best in the SEC. He's absolutely right. I mean, the offensive tackles on the outside make it a lot easier for Mac Jones to stay comfortable and distribute the football downfield. Now, one of my biggest questions kind of going into this game, and, and I think we talked about this, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a night or so ago. We've had so many shows, but if Auburn is able to take Devontae Smith out of this game, which they've been able to do to, to other wide receivers, and there's no one, of course, like Devontae Smith that they face this year, who will step up for Alabama? Because remember, Slade Bolden, probably questionable. You have John Mechie, and then you have maybe Javon Baker. So is there going to be a wide receiver to step up? Is it going to be Jahil Billingsley, a guy that you really like, Mick, um, you know, that really shined the other night against Kentucky, three receptions for 78 yards? Yeah, I like Billingsley, but I like Baker even more. And I'm really excited about the fact that we're going to get to see Baker in action. Both of those guys, young targets, are going to be the center, po the center point of this Alabama program next year and moving forward. Uh, Baker, on a lot of teams, would be a star already, right? Now he's going to get that opportunity, and you hope everyone's getting healthy. This is the game that you want to be healthy for. This is the one that you want to be able to get in there and um, you know, and, and, and be the guy in. I think for Smitty, though, this is a great 
test for him. If he wants to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft, he needs to do his thing just like he always does against one of the best defenders in college football, in the SEC. They're going to try to take him out of the game, you know, and Waddle's been that guy. Henry Ruggs has been that guy in the past. You know, now Smitty's the guy. So we're going to see exactly what happens when he's matched up against the best of the best. I'm, I'm curious about this matchup. Something tells me that Devontae Smith is going to be just as dynamic as he was before. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to that battle. But don't forget about John Menchie either. And I saw that um, Jasper just posted that. Look, he has been kind of this other guy, Menchie, who has waited in the wings. We saw him in the 8A game a couple of years ago as the MVP. And we're like, oh, my goodness, he's not even going to play because of the four horsemen that Alabama has at the receiver spot. But this guy waited his turn, gets, he's gotten in there. He's made some big catches the best part about all of this is that Mac Jones is going to make the right decision. What's going to happen, though, guys, in my opinion, is you're going to see a lot more Najee Harris. Auburn had a tough time. I mentioned this before against Tennessee, stopping the run. And you're going to see I bet you're going to see a lot of Najee, whether he's running the football or catching it. And uh, to me, that when they have to try to key in on Najee, that's when all these other guys are going to start running wild. I think Alabama offensively could have an enormous game against an Auburn team that is banged up. We got our first call uh, of the night, and it's actually Cam from Brunswick, GA, he wants to talk about the Iron Bowl. We'll take the call right now. Cam was good, man. Thanks for joining hey, the up, show. Guys? Yeah, appreciate you joining us, man. You're on the show. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Just uh, called to talk about the Iron Bowl. I you know, I think this is the biggest game of the year uh, besides the Georgia game. This, uh, you know, our hats are going to hang on this game. And, uh, you know, this is uh, something that, you know, as an Alabama Auburn fan, you think about for 365 days a year. Yeah, I think so. I think when you look at the Iron Bowl overall, I mean, it's I mean, everyone has said it right. I mean, this is a game that you think about 365, a game that you absolutely have to win. And the players have said it before. I mean, when you, when you leave this program, people want to know what your record was against Auburn, against Tennessee and, and winning national titles. Right. That, that's the those are the three big ones. So this game. What it holds on Saturday is so much weight, so much value. It's for bragging rights. Um, there's national implications because Alabama has to continue to stay perfect because that's the goal at Alabama. It, it's not, there's nothing less. And I love that about being here in Tuscaloosa is that the, the goals are so high yearly that, um, you know, there, there's no, there's a small margin for error. And, and I love that about the program. Um, Alabama is a 25 point favorite in this game. Uh, that's a lot of points. I'm curious to see if that number slides without Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, uh, it may slide some, but, uh, you know, there's some things I'm really thankful for, uh, especially for Alabama football. I mean, you know, Alabama ha or Nick Saban has loaded this staff up with great coaches, and uh, he's surrounded by former head coaches, uh, as, as we know that, with Steve Sarkeesian. And uh, with them being former head coaches, you know, I mean, what better of a time for them to step in during a – you know, uh, something to do with, you know, COVID, you know, and them stepping in. And, uh, you know, I think Sarkeesian is really, he's looking to win big against Auburn. And this might be a, his uh, debut for a future team, maybe. I hate to say that, but, you know, because I love Sark as a coach, but there, there are teams out there, schools that are looking for a head coach. And he's, 
possibly making his debut and he's going to try to make a name for himself. Yeah, I, I think people know about Star- Sarkeesian clearly. I mean, this is a guy who um, is a big name. And as I mentioned earlier today, when we were talking about Steve Sarkeesian, he's the highest paid assistant coach in the country, $2.7 million. And, um, and rightfully so. I mean, this guy has done a fantastic job with Alabama's offense in a day of offense. And I think you're right. It is an opportunity to show what he can do uh, when leading the team. And I think it's another great opportunity for Alabama fans to see, um, you know, another quality coach that they have potentially in waiting. Now, I think Nick Saban is a long way from hanging it up, but I think in the back of your minds, if Steve Sarkeesian is taken care of uh, financially and he could be the next guy, then then so be it. But it's it's a great opportunity for Steve Sarkeesian to show what he can do along with the defense. And I also want to see what other defensive coach can step up. Um, You know, I would assume that there's going to be another defensive analyst that steps onto the on the field role. Um, We don't know who that is going to be. So I guess it's kind of just stay tuned for that. But, you know, with Nick Saban out, I mean, there's so much quality control that I think Alabama will be just fine. What else you got, Cam? Yeah, man, it's not like the, uh, you know, it's not like Nick Saban got fired and we're losing, you know, the coaching staff (laughs) split. I mean, we're really set up to go to this game, you know, so. You know, Alabama leads this series 46 and 37, and ESPN has predicted Alabama with a 92% chance to win this game. But we know, as Alabama fans, we can't go by predictions and uh, favorites and over under and a spread for this game, right? So, you know, we know that this game come down to the last second. You know, back in 2010, I really thought that Alabama had the better team with Cam Newton. And uh, it turned out a couple of turnovers, the game went the other way. And, uh, you know, look what happened. So, you know, we really, you know, we really got to be confident. And, uh, you know, Alabama's really good. But, you know, we really, this game is going to hang its hat on turnovers and momentum. And, uh, you know, when the other team turns the ball over, the momentum seems to, in this game, swing the other way big time. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to have, the, the crowd and the fans are really going to have an effect. But, Probably not as much as what it was before COVID. Uh, but, you know, I think Alabama's going to do a good job, and I think they're going to take care of business, man. And, uh, you know, Auburn's really got a good team. Uh, Kevin Steele, he's basically kept Auburn in every game they played in. And, uh, you know, I think that Auburn's defense is really uh, – they're better than what, you know, people think. And, uh, you know, they're really going to try to make a showing. And I also think that Gus Malzahn, He's playing for his job. You know, he, he he knows if he loses Alabama big this game, he's going to be on the hot seat. And, uh, you know, Auburn's not going to be too happy if he, if he gets beat by Auburn or gets beat by Alabama this bad. All right, Cam. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate you leading off the show tonight. You have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your loved ones, and uh, we'll definitely catch you soon, probably on the post-game show after Alabama and Auburn. God bless you, Kyle. All right, take it easy. God bless you too, man. Yeah, roll tide. Thanks. That was uh, Cam in Georgia. And um, I I think he hit on some great points. Now, look, the call in line number 205-850-0883. Definitely update your phone book. Call in line is open. we got a couple calls in the queue, and we'll slide those over. Um, And I I think, you know, Cam leading off, talking about Steve Sarkeesian is a wonderful starting point because – I do think it's one of the biggest storylines right after Nick Saban not coaching in this game is who's going to coach in place of Nick Saban. Now, is Sarkeesian going to call the offense? Yes, he's going to call the offense. And the defense, when you look at the defensive coaches, you got um, Pete Golding, you got Sal Sincere, you got Charles Kelly, you got Carl Scott, uh, potentially uh, 
Charlie Strong. So there's a lot of guys on the Alabama defensive side that are certainly going to rise up. Uh, guys with a lot of coaching experience on that side. And I know Nick Saban is a, a defensive-minded coach, so he's going to have his eyes tuned in uh, to the defense. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We got our next caller, and uh, we're going to take that now. And that is uh, Sean, our man, Sean from Huntsville. Sean, what's good, man? I appreciate you calling in. Hey, Kyle, how you guys doing tonight, man? Doing great, man. There's a lot to talk about, you know, and obviously prayers up for Coach Saban. And, uh, you know, we, we know he'll be good, but I know there's a lot of people during this time of year and, and usually always that are going through difficult times. So just, just we want you to know that our prayers are with you. And, um, you know, we, we want you to know that we're thinking about you if you're out there. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in the show, man. But, Sean, you're on, man. Go ahead, buddy. Definitely want to give prayers to Coach Saban and his family, man. I hope they hope he does better. You know, I'm, I'm praying he, he's okay, and I know he's going to be glued to the TV just like the rest of us. Um, wanted to give a quick um, point real fast. Like I was saying uh, last night, I'm, I'm, I got some concerns about Pete, and I'm hoping – I know Coach Saban has probably, you know, went over everything, and the game plan is probably in concrete right now. I'm hoping Pete Golden keep Gus behind the sticks as far as possible. We can keep these guys in third and long. I feel like we'll be just fine. I know Gus has got some confidence going against us. The guy's two and two against us in the last four years. Um, I know he's going to have that thing cranked all the way up, trying to get as many plays as he possibly can in a half. But the one bigger concern I have, even outside of Pete, um, you know, me, I played ball before college ball. I understand how it is in halftime. At halftime, usually in college, you go with your position coaches. And um, you go over the adjustments that you have during the game. I'm I'm just wondering how they're going to do that with, you know, Coach Saban usually spreads the adjustments out. The position coaches relay the message down to the people, uh, each guy, each position. Being that Sark is going to be the head man, you know, is he going to still go with the offense? Is he just going to, is he going to, you know, oversee everybody? Is he going to trust Pete just to run the defense and take care of himself? That's going to be very interesting, and I'm sure those guys have already went over it, but that's going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. I'm actually putting up a photo right now um, of Nick Saban and kind of the watchful eye that he has over the defense. I think this is one of the best photos that came in um, throughout this whole season so far. And you can just see how involved Nick Saban is in the defense. And, and I think we all know that it's Saban's defense. But this photo right here. He's inside the, the schematics of the defense 100 percent. And I think you're starting to see um, Alabama's defense improve because Nick Saban has somehow adjusted that with Pete Golding. And I think to your point, that's a very that's a wonderful question during halftime. Let's say mm -hmm. the game is tight. We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, the spread is 25. I think you throw that out the window for a rivalry game. Um, Alabama, sure, top right. to bottom is the better team, but it's a rivalry game. We all know what happened last year. We all know what happened every single year with this game. Should Alabama have to make adjustments? Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Sarkeesian? Who's going to be the guy that can step up for this team coaching-wise? And I think that is going to be Sarkeesian. Um, he does have that head coaching experience. But, but I, I also talked about this earlier, Sean. This is another opportunity for Alabama to go to their leaders, right, within their offense and defense. This is a time when a Mac Jones rises up. I know people have been very critical of Dylan Moses, but from what I understand and how the players feel, at least a couple of weeks ago, they feel that Dylan Moses is still that alpha, right? Still that guy that is a senior vet. Has he been playing his best? No, he hasn't. But the leadership, he has that. He's had that since day one, pretty much at Alabama. You have guys like Patrick Sartan. Yeah. So guys, it'll be an opportunity for the leaders to rise up. 
I think you hit the nail right on the head, Kyle. I think Dylan will step up and take more of a even more of a leadership role, knowing that Coach Saban is out, defensive mind. I think Pete Golding is gonna, is going to put it in his lap. Here you go. This is the plan. I need it executed. I think we're going to be fine, man. We can keep Gus behind the sticks as far as we can, keep him in third and long. I think Alabama, I don't think they'll be able to score with us. I think they've had some problems on their offensive line. As a matter of fact, I know they've had some issues on their offensive line, kind of patchwork. Uh, but they have a very, very, very – this probably would be the best defense we've faced in a couple of weeks, especially in the red zone. Those guys are very aggressive in the red zone. And if I know them, I mean, I would – they definitely going to try to have a safety over the top for Devontae. So I'm praying that somebody else step up. In my mind, Javon, you know, Mechie, he's going to get his single coverage. So maybe Mechie will step up and, and show us something else too this this week, man. I really – I got faith in the guys. Well, I, you know, kind of when you look at, um, you know, the schematics of the game and, and how it could go. And, uh, Jarek, we see you in the queue, man. Don't worry. We'll get to you soon, man. So be patient. I'm on with Sean right now from Huntsville. We appreciate it. Um, I think th this is my, and we talked about this before, um, just a little bit. And I think it was last night, uh, Sean, you know, Auburn has done a great job taking away the team's opposing wide receiver. At least they have for the last couple games, Devonte Smith was targeted 13 times. And I felt when watching Alabama, even against Kentucky, there was times where I, I, I am I wrong on this? I felt like Mac Jones was almost forcing the ball a couple times, which I haven't seen him do, uh, throughout this yeah. season. That was kind of the being critical of him. Um, he has to be able to be more balanced in my opinion. And, he, and he's done that for the most part, but I think, you know, if he continues just to go to Devonte Smith and Devonte Smith is somehow shut down, yeah. what is he going to do? Is he going to go to dump offs? Is he going to go ground heavy to Najee? Or like you said, is it going to be John Mechie, maybe to Javon Baker or Jalil Billingsley to step up in a game like this? That's completely correct. A lot of times this past week, I see he forced the ball down into coverage when Bonte really wasn't open. And he's kind of skipped his check downs. He didn't throw it out to the running back. You had Slade come across the middle. A lot of times the running back, Najee would be out in the flats wide open. He, he was trying to go deep. But I think Mac, being the player he is, is very controlled. You know, you get greedy sometimes as a quarterback, especially when you're playing with talent like we have. So it's normal. But we'll be fine, man. But, Kyle, I appreciate you taking my call again, man. Respect what you're doing. You're looking dapper there, brother. Keep it up. <laughs> Got your drip and your swag going. I appreciate that. We can continue to support, man, continue to tune in. All right, man. Thank you so much. That was Sean from Huntsville. Um, hope you have a, a blessed uh, Thanksgiving with your loved ones. And, um, you know, we appreciate all the support that you drop. And how about that, Sherry? What's going on? We appreciate it. Thank you very much for the super chat. All super chats go a long way. There's a lot of people uh, behind the scenes that make Bama Insider go. I know sometimes it seems like, you know, I might be the face uh, of BamaInsider.com, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes. We got John Sanford behind the glass taking your call. So when you call in, he'll definitely say hello. Uh, but Sherry, it really means a great deal to us that you would send us a super chat. So I hope you have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving with your family. Um, all right. So um, yeah, Auburn, I, Alabama this weekend. There's a lot to talk about. Nick Saban, um, you know, he had his press conference tonight. We'll pipe that in, but we got to make sure that we get uh, Jarek from Buffalo uh, into the show. Always a fantastic caller. So three, two, one, we got Jarek. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Kyle? Man, What's going on, man, it's so nice to hear from you. I know we got a uh, we got a wrap for a little bit last night after the college football playoff rankings, but my goodness, there's uh, some even bigger news than Alabama being the king of college football. The goat is not going to be coaching with Alabama this weekend, or at least kind of in theory, but he'll be there in spirit or or however he can um, impact with Saban not being in the game. Jarek, what's your take on that? 
Uh, it's a it's a huge impact, uh, and and the, and the reason why is because Gus knows on you know he, you know he's going to get involved, right? Chad Morris is the offensive coordinator. He's been you know coach. You know, he's been the majority. He spent the majority with the offensive play calling, but you know if you don't think that Gus knows on is going to take advantage of this opportunity, and he's not going to uh, maybe not be the person that's going to be in charge of the play calling, but he's going to but but he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. He's going to do a lot of misdirections. He's going to do a lot of mis- uh, misdirections. He's going to, you know, have some schematics with the offensive line. He's going to do a lot of pulling. Um, he's, you know, he, he's going to rely a lot on Tank Big on Tank Bigby's the read option. Uh, he he is going to do whatever it takes to confuse Alabama's defense to to have to include the fast pace. I know I know that's kind of the missing from, um, you know, as far as the the challenge that this defense has been facing is the fast paced offense. That's going to be back for sure. Uh, you know, and of course with Ashy, with, with, with Swartz being in the slot and he's going to have those, he's going to have those matchups with Malachi Moore and with DeMarco Hellams and, and, and Daniel Wright. He's going to have those matchups where he's on those, when he's on those one-on-one situations. Bo Nix is going to have situations where Seth Williams is going to, you know, you like, you know how Alabama is when they were on a four, two, five type of defense. Mm-hmm. They love to put, they love to have man on man coverage. Uh, Patrick Tan, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's going to be on Seth Williams. But even we remember last year, he struggled with Seth Williams last year. Yep. Uh, you know, Patrick Tan is, is, a, is a great corner, but he struggles with physical. He, he struggles with physical receivers. Seth Williams is the guy that, no matter if he's open or if he's just completely just bodied up, Bo Nix, he's just going to throw the ball up because he's the bailout guy. He's that. He's that tough security blanket, and it's gonna. And if Auburn gets balanced. If, if, if the misdirection, if if the confusion of this Alabama defense continues, um, at least in this football game, it's going to be bad for Bama. So, you know, they're going to – so th- it's definitely a huge impact of losing Nick Saban. But, you know, one thing that has to happen is that Pete Golding has got to make adjustments. He's got to make those adjustments. He has got to find a way to keep Auburn on their heels. He's got to find a way because if Auburn continues to get success and, 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 and everything is working in their favor, you know, Auburn's going to have a great shot to win this football game. On the line with Jarek from Buffalo. Jarek, I, I wanted to ask you about one particular player for Auburn, and he stepped up in a big way last year for the Tigers. Uh, that's Bo Nix. It seemed like when he needed to make a magical throw, it was a magical throw beyond our even wildest imaginations. It uh, seems like a player that rises up in games like this. Um, you know, Alabama with the 25-point um, favorite in this game, but Bo Nix is the type of player that you know gave Alabama a lot of trouble last year. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But remember, Kyle, uh, he threw for less than 200 yards that game. Mm-hmm. You know, Bo, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, the reason why he was so successful in that game was because of the run game. I mean, they averaged over six yards per carry against this Alabama defensive front last year. And during this time, Alabama couldn't stop the run. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a time where Bama's defense was broken. They came fresh, you know, the, the, what, what the LSU, well, not came fresh off of, but the LSU game kind of really exposed uh, how bad that running attack is. And not to mention that the offensive line from Auburn kept were pushing Alabama's defensive front three, four yards. It was straight power football. They didn't really need to, to do a lot of the misdirection and stuff like that, even though they did run a lot of screen plays and try to make it a lot more easier for Bo Nix. Just a, a lot of things that Bama's defense couldn't stop. Bo, you know, uh, Gus Nelson did a phenomenal job of including it into their offense. You know, this, this time around, though, I do believe that this defensive front is a little bit stronger. Uh, we've seen this group get stronger and kind of hold their own. That's the key to this football game, Kyle. If you're going to beat Bo Nix, you got to make him a passer. 
right? You know, Bo Nix, he definitely threw those magical 50-50 balls and he just threw it up, but that's the game plan. You, you have got to make him a passer. You got to hold containment because he's quick as a cat. The dude runs a 4-3, so you, you, you got to contain him. The edge defenders have got to somehow contain him and stay disciplined. You have to force him inside of the pocket because if you force him inside the pocket, you trap him inside the pocket, he panics. He, he, his, his footwork is all over the place. He tries to find a way to try to get out of it. And eventually he's going to throw you an interception. He's going to force, he's going to force passes. So the key for Alabama is that they have to force him to be a pocket passer, make him throw the football because eventually he's going to, he's going to throw you a mistake. I don't know if it's accidental or if it's on purpose, but it's like he has that Brett Favre mentality where he's going to throw, he's going to throw you an interception and it's up to you to either catch it or not. Alabama did not do that last year, or they didn't do enough, uh, good enough about doing that because they couldn't get any pressure at all to Bo Nix. And even if they did, he would scramble outside of the pocket and he would throw those passes up. Force him inside that pocket and make him a passer. Love it. Great, uh, great breakdown. I always like to, to kind of hear your take on um, the upcoming game and the schematics of it, Jarek. Um, call line number is at the bottom of the screen, 205-850-0883. Uh, plenty of lines uh, open right now. We got John Sanford behind the glass. Uh, so uh, definitely um, call in and, uh, you know, we'll talk this Iron Bowl game. And, you know, the main storyline, as we talked about to open the show, was, of course, Nick Saban not being with the team uh, on game time. And that's something that, you know, it's been a long time since Saban hasn't been on the sidelines with the Alabama Crimson Tide and how it's going to affect Alabama going against Gus Melzahn, who has continued um, to be, honestly, one of Saban's kryptonite in the SEC and, and across uh, the spectrum of college football. Um, Jarek, we kind of look to impact players for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and I bring this up for one particular reason. Last season against Alabama and Auburn. I'm trying to look for the photo right now, but it was Jalen Waddle that stepped up in a game like that, right? I know that Alabama didn't come mm-hmm. out on top, but remember the game that Jalen Waddle had? Um, he had the kick. He had, uh, you know, the kick for a touchdown, and he was just phenom- phenomenal every single time he touched the football. Who do you feel that guy is going to be for Alabama? Do you feel it's going to be maybe a Najee Harris, or would you say maybe a Devontae Smith? It's going to be somebody. You know, Kyle, I'm going to bring up a name that not a lot of people are bringing up. I think that's Jaleel Billingsley. I think Jaleel Billingsley becomes that player that steps up to the Crimson Tide. And, I, and he's very important because Slay Bolden, I don't know about his health status, um, but, you know, as a slot receiver, he doesn't really threaten the defense. I think Jaleel Billingsley is a mismatch because you're talking about a tight end that runs a 4-6 that's a, a really good – I've seen his route. I think his route pattern from last week. He was really good. He's a very good route runner. And I think that if you put him in the slot, you go up against some of their safeties. They're not good, man. They're not good man coverage uh, type of safeties. So you need to have certain players that that are a mismatch. Billingsley is that guy. Um, <laughs> of course, I would say another impactful player is definitely Emil Ikior. He's been he's been the best offensive lineman in this entire group. I've been super impressed of how far he has come compared to you know from what we've seen him um, and you know when he came off the bench. Um, you know, so the, the running game has to get going. I think they're definitely going to run the ball a lot more than we've seen in the past. Uh, Mac Jones has got, he, he, he can't force passes. We've, we've kind of seen that the last couple of weeks. And I think the biggest reason why for that is because when you're missing that explosive threat in Jalen Waddle, it makes your life easier. Bama's offense went from unstoppable to now it's a good offense, but it can, but you can do a good job against it. You can slow it down only because you can take that threat away with Devontae Smith. John Mechie's not a good number two receiver. He's more, he's a guy that's still learning the game, 
but he's he's had a, he's had problems when it comes to going when he, uh, when it comes to going against jamming type of corners. He needs safeties or nickels to be on him that doesn't really jam him in order for John Messi to be that good receiver. Um, so I like a, I like a guy like Jaleel Billingsley, a guy that has a good route tree pattern, great speed, and a guy that we've seen has hands and has the athletic ability. I think he would be a great mismatch, and I think Steve Sarkeesian knows that. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jaleel Billingsley becomes the player of the game. You know what? Uh, we're on we're on with Jarek from Buffalo, and I love that take. I, I I've been a big fan of Jaleel Billingsley for you know several several you know I guess a couple of years now since he's been here. I mean, he's not even an upperclassman, but it, but the way that he runs his routes, he's kind of like a hybrid. He's a, he's he's not quite as big as a Forrest Dahl in terms of his size wise, uh, weight wise. But he runs great routes, great hands. So, and everybody saw that hurdle that he did. So we got to see a splash of him. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Jarek. We'll definitely catch you for the post game show following Alabama and Auburn. I appreciate you calling in, man. Yep, no problem. All right, take it easy, man. I, I love the the callers are amazing. I mean, you get a call like uh, that from you know Jarek, and then you get uh, Sean from Huntsville. I mean, those guys obviously come with it from the schematic standpoint, and I think um, you know that's what makes the show so great. So I really appreciate all of you guys jumping in on the show, calling in, and um, the call line is at the bottom of the screen, which is two zero five eight five zero zero eight eight three. Call line is open, and um, get your calls talking about the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn should take place on uh, Saturday at 2.30 p.m. on CBS. Key storylines, we talked about Saban being out of this game with COVID-19. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how Alabama kind of rallies. And I think it's going to be a, a positive for this group in terms of energy because I think they're going to play for coach. We talked about Steve Sarkeesian being the interim head coach while Saban is out. For however long he's out for, I believe, you know, it'll be a 10 day period. So theoretically, you know, depending on what happens with next weekend, um, you could see Nick Saban uh, back in action. But, you know, we'll just take it game by game at this point. Uh, we talked about how this is a redemption game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. We all know what happened last year, a game that I was down in. I mean, one of the, um, you know, in terms of an exciting game, I mean, it was on level, you know, 100 out of 10. I mean, it was just a, a back and forth classic Iron Bowl game where you, you just, you know, you never knew what was going to happen filled with big plays and missed opportunities. Um we also talked about the fact that it's a redemption game for Mac Jones. This guy threw two interceptions that were returned for touchdowns uh, during the 2019 Iron Bowl in a game that was really his first opportunity on a large stage. And, um, you know, I, I think he comes into this game at Brian Denny. And I, I think it's another opportunity for him to really prove just how much he's improved. We all know that he doesn't really even have to improve to prove how much he's improved but I think just in terms of redemption and showing what he's got in the tank um, that's something that certainly Mac Jones has an opportunity to do on Saturday and he has enough weapons to do that I, I like the point that Mick hit on earlier in this game and um, but I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself and that's with Najee Harris but I thought it was such an excellent point because of the fact that Najee Harris I think towards the later part of the season became really uh I mean, if you look kind of towards the 2019 season, he was so dynamic towards the later part of the year. And that's when we, he kind of emerged as that. Um, uh, he's always been an every down back, but a guy who could just really take over the game. I love how Steve Sarkeesian, when, you know, Mac Jones was trying to find his rhythm, that Najee Harris just really took over. And I think if Alabama really needed him to at any point, we all know that he could. And how nice was it to see uh, some of those younger running backs last week? My goodness, Jace McQuellen and Roy Dell Williams, those guys certainly did their thing as well. Call on line is open, 205-850-0883 is the call on line number. We're talking uh, key storylines 
for Alabama and Auburn. Um, improved Alabama defense. Look, the way that this defense has played um, at, at half from Georgia to up until now has been incredible. They've only allowed 20 points, zero against Georgia in that second half. They only allowed 17 to Tennessee, and then they allowed three points to Kentucky, and then they had the goose egg against Mississippi State. And then um, this final point in, in, uh, in terms of the storylines is I, I feel that the special teams needs to continue their strong play. I think the way that Will Reichert has played has been phenomenal for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You look at uh, Charlie Scott, the way he punted the ball against Kentucky, his average was 46. Now that's a big, that's a 10 plus average from his previous games where he was averaging what, like 34 or something like that. So that's been an added bonus. And um, I think the special teams needs to continue to play um, you know, near, near perfect and, and perfect. I mean, it's a it's a pivotal component of each game. And I think Alabama fans are going to be happy when they see uh, Devontae Smith maybe returning punts in this particular game because, uh, you know, uh, you need playmakers. You need guys that can bust a game open and Devontae Smith could and is that guy. Um, I want to pipe in some sound real quick and that I have of Nick Saban, and that is from uh, this evening. Now, Saban was obviously posted up at his home in quarantine, but he did come out and talk to the media. Here's that press conference in case you missed it. But, of course, you can watch it in its entirety right here on Bam Insider on our YouTube channel. Here's Nick Saban, Nick Saban from earlier this evening. Their energy, their eye discipline, uh, the preparation they have for a game like this is really, really important to having the right mindset when you get in the game. Uh, because in rivalry games, a lot of times you beat yourself because you can't maintain focus. And uh, you need that in preparation uh, because that really helps you, you know, when you get there. So um, we're, we're really trying to stay focused on what we need to do to prepare our guys. And, you know, I watch practice from here today. I was in the meetings today. So none, none of that really is any, any different. Um, so it's senior day on Saturday. We have seven players that um, will be a part of the pregame festivities. Uh, these guys have made a great contribution to the program. Um, their record is 45-4 and four in the last four years at the national championship in 2017 and the SEC championship in 2018. Um, they've done a great job of being great ambassadors for the university on and off the field in the classroom. Um, and most are on track to graduate, so we're very proud of that. Uh, on a sad note, you know, our thoughts and prayers are out to the family and friends of uh, Roddy Harrell, who, you know, was a walk-on player here, a linebacker from 09 to 12. Uh, he also worked in the weight room for a little bit for us and, you know, a fine young man. And uh, certainly, you know, our condolences to his family. Um, hate to see somebody who uh, has such, you know, great future and potential uh, have something like this happen. So I'd also like to take the opportunity to wish all of our fans and our supporters a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, this is a great time to, for all of us to um, sort of, you know, think about uh, and, and have gratitude for all the things that we have. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of time we spend a lot of time thinking about the things we don't have, but um, my God, we all have a lot to be thankful for. And I think this is a great holiday to uh, make sure we remember all those things. Okay. With that guys, we will uh, get things started with. Uh... 
All right, we'll come back to that. So that was uh, that was Nick Saban from uh, this evening, and you can watch that uh, press conference in its entirety. Uh, but we got Nate from Kentucky wants to talk about the Iron Bowl, and we'll take that call right now. Nate, what's up, buddy? Thanks for joining the hey, show. Go ahead. No, my bad. What's up, what's up Kyle? Appreciate you, man. Yeah. How's it going tonight? Absolutely, man. Thank you very much um, for for calling into the show. There's so much to talk about. I mean, I I woke up this morning and, you know, you know, it's the Iron Bowl. So we're all getting ready game planning. And then, you know, we get the email from the university that says Nick Saban has tested positive with COVID. So obviously everything changed and uh, we were putting together content. But I appreciate you calling in, man. What's your take on uh, this weekend's game? Man, I I tell you, you know, like you said last year, you know, you take away you know, I know it's a couple big plays, um, the pick sixes, but man, uh, Mac threw it around pretty well last year. And, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be on a mission this year to especially limit those mistakes and, uh, get it to our playmakers and make plays. Just first thing, want to get you kind of your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think when you look at a player like Mac Jones, I mean, the thing that I continue to talk about is leadership. And I think a game like this, um, you know, leadership is not to go overstated. I mean, you, you need your leaders to step up in a game like this. And, um, and Mac Jones clearly has it. And, um, Hey, Tobias, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and, um, you know, that means a lot to us that you would super chat us, man. So thank you very much. But getting back to Mac Jones, I think when you look at him and, and just kind of the leadership perspective and what he's done for Alabama's offense has been monumental. I mean, he's kept this offense con- roaring. I mean, even better than they were, you know, the past couple years ago. And, and if you would, if you were to ask me after Tua left, if the offense would still be as dynamic once Tua left, I would have said no. And I would have been extremely confident. But you look at what Mac Jones has continued to do. And yeah, I get it. It's because of Mac Jones and it's because of the offensive line. It's because of Najee Harris. But a lot of that too is because of Steve Sarkeesian. So I think it's kind of a combination of things. But Mac Jones has just been fantastic. And this is a game where you look to leadership and Alabama has that leadership on offense. It's not only Mac Jones, it's Landon Dickerson. It's Najee Harris. It's Devontae Smith. That offense is so poised, and it'll provide another uh, set of opportunities for the defense to rise up as well. I know we don't talk about the defense as much, but you still have your leaders back there. Patrick Sartan, Dylan Moses, those guys have played an awful um, bunch of football. So uh, what else is on your mind, man? Uh, you spot on with it, man. Uh, oh, other thing, you know, I mean, hate, hate, you hate to lose Coach Saban. He's the GOAT, you know, of college football, probably coaching – football in general man but the one thing kind of looking at it the fact that we had the false false positive the georgia week he missed some time there i do think it helps man the coaching staff's dealt with it a little bit before and you know just kind of your take i I think sarkeesian and the boys will be ready to roll man they're gonna rally around and and win this for coach saban hey appreciate you kyle man appreciate all you guys do love you happy thanksgiving Roll damn tie, brother. All right, roll tie, man. Thank you so much now. I appreciate it. Um, I, I think Nate, Nate brings up a good point. Now, check this out. Saban is always about game planning. And I think when he tested, um, you know, that false positive during the Georgia, before the Georgia game, and he had to sit out those couple days, maybe they had a game plan for it, right? But I think when, after they went past that and, and kind of experienced, you know, okay, look, this is this is a reality that's hitting everybody. So let's have a clear plan in place because Saban is all about planning and always about being one step ahead. He, remember, we've talked about this several times. You know, everybody's out there playing checkers. He's out there playing chess. So I think in this particular setup, Alabama knew how, went to their clear strategy. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And, and they had every single thing organized so that Sarkeesian would just step in seamlessly. And I bet you it goes past Sarkeesian because let's face it, there could be other guys based off contact tracing. So Nick Saban is a mastermind when it comes to planning. And I think just like Nate was saying, I think though them having those couple days to kind of maybe scramble, and, and I doubt they even scrambled because Alabama is so organized, but I bet they had a, a better mindset to come into this you know, particular situation and be ready to go. Now, I get it. There's no perfect time for COVID to hit your, your program. I've talked about it before. I, I knew that COVID would hit Alabama at some point, and there's going to be other guys down the road probably that this does affect but the way that Alabama will move through Auburn, I think, will be more seamless than we could imagine. I know it's going to be different for the players, for the fans, for everybody involved to not see Nick Saban. But this is the Bama factor. And look at this. Nick Saban, what he's done at college football right now is incredible. And I keep on saying this because it matters so much. Number one in the AP, number one in the coaches poll, number one in the college football playoff rankings, number one in the Rivals.com recruiting rankings, right? No other program can say that. And Nick Saban is so consistent year after year. Look at LSU's program right now, right? After one year of one of the most dominant college football teams we've seen, look at where, where they are right now. Look at Nick Saban's program year after year. It's going to be the same thing. And um, and I think a lot of that is because of the process. I know it's like the process is so cliche. No, it's a systematic approach to winning. And Nick Saban continues to do that at a yearly basis. Call line is open, um, 205 850-0883. That's the number at the bottom of the screen. Uh, appreciate everyone who has called in tonight. Coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We got John behind the glass producing the show tonight. Uh, we had uh, some great content early on as we kind of talked about, um, you know, this kind of a little bit more in depth with Mick Gillespie, and he'll have some great content planned with you, including another live show that you can check out. It's actually pre-recorded, but it's with Andrew Bone that'll be coming up your way on Thanksgiving. So if you're around uh, before you have uh, Thanksgiving with your loved ones, definitely check it out. And we also have our NFL show. And I believe we should have some Alabama basketball updates. Do we? Can we get some? Okay, there we go. Because Alabama's playing their season opener. So there's John right on the money. Alabama 18, Jacksonville State 12, 1130 in the first half. So I appreciate, uh, you know, Alabama basketball fans. I, I know they're out there. We have a podcast out on basketball, so you should definitely go check it out. Um, here's the, uh, let's get back to Saban real quick while we wait for our next call. Um, I believe we're at the 216 mark. I, I wrote it down. And uh, here's his presser as we continue. Their energy, um, their eye discipline. With Saban. Uh, the preparation they have. Let me get that to 216. Do a lot of this on the fly. Um, so let's see if we can get right there. All right, here's Saban. Uh, Jeff Spiegel. Go ahead, Jeff. Jeff, unmute yourself. Go ahead. Nick, what are you going to miss the most about not coaching that Uh, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, um, stay involved, uh, in the game. Uh, I went through this for three days before the Georgia game, but was fortunate enough to test out and have a false positive. So I didn't miss that game, even though I was sort of mentally prepared for it. Um, you know, it's not about me. It's really about the players. You know, I want to be there for the players to try to help them, um, be able to play the best, to inspire them any way that you can as a coach and a teacher to get the best out of them so that, you know, they have the best opportunity to be successful. I know how important it is um, for a lot of them 
Uh, and I know how difficult it is sometimes when you have disruptions to, you know, overcome those. But we have a lot of very capable coaches. And um, the biggest thing I'm going to miss about it is being with our players, or being a part of our team, uh, and helping those players have the best opportunity to be successful. Okay, we'll go to Michael Casagrande. Hey, yes, Nick, I was just wondering uh, how you're going to deal with the logistics of watching the game. Uh, will you be watching it alone, keep it sound up on the, the broadcast? How do you plan on viewing the game? Well, I, we can actually pipe the game in. You can't see much on TV. Uh, so, you know, we'll get the same – I'll have the same feed that, you know, we take of the game, which is the film that we watch on Sunday – uh, so I'll be able to see a little bit more what's happening, uh, kind of like if you're in the press box type of thing. Um, so I can't really have any communication during the game or at halftime. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll do the best we can to um, try to analyze what's happening and um, see if there's any way that we could, you know, be of some kind of use. But I have confidence in our coaches and our players that, you know, they'll be able to um, do what they have to do. I mean, we all got to live with the consequences of what happens, uh, whether I'm standing there or not. So um, that, that's something I hope everybody realizes. All right, that's uh, Nick Saban, and you can watch that press conference in its entirety uh, back at BamaInsider.com. Coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hey, I also wanted to say um, that, you know, with a lot of your contributions via Super Chat, we were able to take care of a family and uh, make sure that they get more food on their table uh, down in Mobile, Alabama. So, you know, I, I always want to make sure that everybody's taken care of, not only during the holiday season, but I think that uh, giving is something that we could all do. And, you know, we're, we've certainly been blessed to, to build up a great product, but build up a lot of friends and build up a lot of people that have contributed contributed to, you know, the website overall. So, you know, there's a special family down in Mobile, Alabama that we've uh, taken care of. And, uh, you know, I, um, I get really excited to know that, you know, that family is going to have uh, more on their plate because of, you know, all the contributions right here on BamaInsider.com. So thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have had a fantastic show tonight. I know there's a lot to, to go over and to divulge and um, you know, prayers up for everybody that, you know, might be going through difficult times during this particular period. I know that 2020 has been difficult for a lot of people to manage, but remember, there are people out there that you can talk to. There are people that are caring about you. There are people that are praying for you. So let's continue to stay united, um, you know, as we kind of move forward. Uh, Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID-19. I know that's a story, um, you know, that's leading kind of the nation. So we'll continue to keep you updated moving forward with any new developments or, or maybe, you know, um, you know, contact tracing or what have it back at BamaInsider.com. My name is Kyle Henderson. Uh, my email, I think I have it on a banner somewhere. If you want to contact me and, um, you know, get, uh, any questions about becoming a premium member to BamaInsider.com, of course, you can hit the join button at the bottom of this video to become, um, you know, a, a member of our YouTube channel. But of course, all the coverage back at BamaInsider.com. We've got a, a great promo running right now. When you sign up for BamaInsider.com, an annual subscription, which is usually $100, it's only $75 right now. And you also get a $75 gift card to Nike slash Converse. So you can go and get some, some team gear, some Alabama gear. Um, and now is a perfect time with the holiday season coming up. So definitely check all that stuff out. We appreciate, uh, you know, the calls tonight and the super chats. I'm really grateful that you guys are here tonight on our channel watching um, Bama Insider and talking about the Iron Bowl. More coverage coming your way on BamaInsider.com. Coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
Kyle Henderson. Until next time, my friends. Good night.